Well, the World Cup is over and domestic football returns tomorrow evening and so does the I'd Rather Be Leeds podcast with me, your host, Tom Bradley, and my regular guest, Tom Mordy. Tom, how's your summer been so far? Can't complain, can you? It feels no. like the, the Caribbean, 30-odd degrees every day. Yeah. Costa del Leeds. What, <laughs> what more can you want, eh? Yes, it's been a, well... It's, been far from a quiet summer for Leeds United. Paul Heckingbottom departed the club, which many people probably wanted or expected. And in comes Marcelo Bielsa, a world-renowned coach, regarded as one of the best coaches in the world by Pep Guardiola and Pochettino from Spurs. And I mean, what was your first reaction to that news? I couldn't really believe what I was reading. I think I refreshed the page about 20 times to make sure I made a mistake. To be honest, I thought it was just one of those rubbishy clickbait articles. You know, a throwaway comment, a throwaway line. And then, you know, as the story developed, as the story gathered pace, it was just more and more astonishing. The fact that we, a team that finished 13th in the championship, could attract a, a well, a head coach of that calibre to the club. Oh, it's farcical, really. I mean, this is a man who's led Argentina. He's led Chile. You know, he's got cult status amongst football managers across the world. As you said, Guardiola, Pochettino, Diego Simeone, one of his protégés as well. It's, it's ridiculous, quite frankly. And what could be more fitting than El Loco, the one they call the mad one, at the club they call the mad one? You know, yeah. it could be a, a match made in heaven or an absolute disaster, and I can't wait to find out. Neither can I, and that's what a lot of people have been saying. I've they, they either think it's going to be spectacularly uh, good and it'll pay off, or it'll be the worst thing that could ever happen. But I mean, to think that somebody like that is in charge, to me, that shows a lot of intent from the club, especially in terms of the manager, because he's a coach who people think can get the best out of the squad who last season were pretty poor, weren't they? Well, that's the thing. You have to look at this, even if this is a disaster, you have to you know, clap your hands for the ambition shown by the board, by Rajasani for, for bringing him in. You know, last summer we sat here and talked about the merits of Thomas Christensen. We went with an unknown name from an unknown, unknown league. Uh, brought in a load of unknown signings to work alongside him. You know, there was an air of mystique around Leeds. And then we replaced him by a man who was actually lower than low in the table than Leeds were at the time, in, in Paul Heckingbottom, you know, as widely regarded a coach as he was at Barnsley. So it's just great to see the, the board actually actually showing some balls and, and going for it. I, look at the name it's ridiculous I mean I just I can't quite fathom how he's at our football club he's one of those people you just read about and all credit all credit where credit's due they've had a lot of stick for their managerial appointments God only knows we've had so many managers over the years and even if it doesn't pay off at least they've had a real crack and they can say well look we tried we went and got one of the biggest names in, in world football let's be honest and we brought him to the club and let's see what happens Exactly, and two words that have been banded around quite a lot of philosophy and project. Do you think that is what it's is needed at the club to to get us back into the Premier League? A complete change of philosophy and an actual project, really, because before fans have not really bought into what's been presented to them on the pitch or or off the pitch, and now it finally, hopefully, looks like there will be some at least some sort of strategy in place. Yeah, look, I mean, interesting to talk about the projects. Fantastic, isn't it? And that's what we all want to see. We want to see Leeds United built differently. You know, stick with a manager for a while. But then again, Bielsa's not known for sticking with his clubs. Didn't last long at Lille. He walked out of Lazio after two days. He walked out of Marseille unexpectedly. Um, so I think 
it'd be nice to see the again, see him finish a project and see the club finish a project again. That'd be sort of a first for both, wouldn't it? Um, he's certainly the right man to build it, isn't he? He's got the football philosophy that we all talk about, the fabled tactics, the fabled high press. You know, there's been so much written about what we can expect from his teams. Though the uh, the four one four one seems to be the favoured formation, looking at pre season, which isn't quite what everyone expected, did they? But um, yeah, look. He's perfect, the perfect man to build a sort of new culture around the club. We want to see hard work. He's a he's a disciplinarian, isn't he? he comes for with a reputation of being ruthless, you know, being hard as nails and not taking any anything from his players. Um, so hopefully, you know, that that's the way we move forward, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. To be honest, and something that really like still strikes a chord me is 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 the global reputation he's got. And obviously, we know about Argentina and Chile, and the other day I got a message from a Chilean journalist who wanted to speak to me about what what is expected from Bielsa and what people think is going to happen, and asked me whether we could stay in touch throughout the season. So to say that we're on the back page of the Chilean newspapers, and apparently, because I, I did a talk sport um, interview uh, last week with a guy called Tim Vickery, who's a South American football expert, and he was saying the Argentinian press have covered pretty much all of Leeds' pre-season. That's what you want to see, isn't it? Yeah. Leads front, page, front and back page news in Argentina. But, but that's uh, never thought I'd see the day. But that's the level of, of global exposure that this club should should be aspiring to, isn't it? Really? Because Absolutely. You know, we're a global brand. That's what we are. We're Leeds United. You know, people have heard of our name in the past, and it's good to see uh, we're resurfacing again for the right reasons. Exactly. So we got ourselves a world class coach. Pep Guardiola's favourite person, and all that was missing was was the players, wasn't it? Really, and it was a it was a very slow start to the transfer window. Obviously, this time around, the, the dates for the transfer window have changed. Obviously, they they started earlier and they finish earlier, August the ninth. But then the loan window still remains open till the end of August. But it took a while, didn't it, for the things to kick off for Leeds? And in the space of a few weeks, we we. Essentially, we we bundled all our signings together, haven't we, with with five good players? But for me, I think they're all quality players in their own right. Is is that something you would agree with? Oh, I would completely agree. First of all, it has been such a strange window. I don't think anyone knew what to expect. Obviously, fans demanded new signings through the door. We'd heard a lot from the board how this was going to be a big summer. I can see why people are getting tetchy. But, you know, if you break it down into sort of closer detail, not many teams have done much business at all across the championship. Forest struck early. They brought in some... Uh, big money signings from Portugal with the, the Mendes effect uh, Norwich were another one who did, did business early they got a few over the line early doors but quality doesn't tend to surface early in the window and for me whilst you know it was it's never nice to you know wait around for a lot of transfers I think it was a kind of a sign that actually we were aiming for a bit more quality quality players don't come quickly, do they? You know, the Caleb Ekibans of the world are going to snap your hand off. They're going to desperate for a move yeah. to Leeds United. You can tie that one up in a day, can't you? That's that's just the way it is. But when you're trying to persuade Patrick Bamford to leave a club, you know, who were playing in the Championship playoffs last season, not that long ago, uh, were a Premier League side. You know, that's a lot more difficult task. The same with Vidra. I know that move collapsed. But... Fantastic ambition, isn't it? Going after the league's top scorer. We sold the league's top scorer the year before that. We sold Ross McCormack, who was also the league's top scorer two years, three years before that. So, what you know, what a statement of intent that is, chasing a player of that calibre. All right, it hasn't quite paid off, but we had to have a more patient approach in the market. And now we've landed a few targets. Everything looks a bit rosier, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And I think with Bamford as well, he's probably on quite a lot of money at Borough. 
and money that easily surpasses what we were allegedly paying as a, as a maximum of 15 grand a week. I think I'd seen the, the figure of like 32 grand a week that we were paying him or something. A £7 million signing when I know Forrest were linked with him for £16 million and obviously Victor Orton's linked to the player. It's probably helped him come to the club, hasn't it? And then you look at the other players who've signed. Douglas, maybe Orton has a link to Wolves. And then the two lads from Chelsea, maybe Orton has a link there because one of them was at Borough as well. And then Harrison from Manchester City, he was also at Borough briefly. I think somebody like Orton has had a lot of stick from last season. Probably deserves a lot of credit this season, doesn't he, so far? I think it, yeah, it's balancing itself out, isn't it? Look, he was the scapegoat for last season, rightly so or wrongly so. We did, we did, we signed badly. We brought in some players that simply weren't good enough for the championship or weren't ready for the championship. Um, you know, he has to take the flak for some of that. They were his purchases. Players like Akiban, Vidvald, Grot just simply weren't up to the quality required. But you have to, you know, then give them credit for going. Actually, hands up, that didn't work. We're going to ship these players out. They've only had one season at Leeds United, and you know they're going to get rid of the whole lot. It, oh, it's not great from a, a business perspective, obviously, but you know at least they hold the hands up. They admit the mistakes and they're trying to rectify it. We've gone in for players with championship experience. Look at, the, you know, Barry Douglas won the league last season, joint most assists with Robert Snodgrass. You can't get more high calibre than that in a player in this division. The same with Bamford. The year, you know, the year Middlesbrough went up, championship player of the season, wasn't he? You know, look further back, Lewis Baker, quality rated youngster at Chelsea. All right, didn't quite happen for him in Middlesbrough, but, you know, Chelsea still think really highly of him. Jamal Blackman, he's behind Courtois and Czech, and yet Chelsea still think he's good enough to keep him hanging yeah. on, hanging around the club. They don't want to sell him permanently. And we saw that for Sheffield United. It had a couple of rickets in him, but the thing that sticks out vividly about him is that save off Pontus Janssen at Bramall Lane. You know, what an unbelievable stop mm. that was. You know, the guy has clearly got some ability between the sticks, hasn't he? And yeah, look, Jack Harrison's another one. You know, you know, if he could, if he shows half of what he did in the MLS, if he can transfer that to the Championship, he's already worked under Patrick Vieira, uh, Pep Guardiola, and now Bielsa. So he's had a reasonable uh, amount of tutelage so far in his young career. So so far, so good, and a couple more still needed, I think, to get uh, get us over the line. Yeah, and it's seen. Um... Lampard and David Veer and Perlow had also sang the praise of Jack Harrison, obviously. It's not a bad, yeah. bad trio, that, <laughs> Exactly. Uh, not a bad CV, is it, really, when they're, when they're touting you as a good player. Obviously, they played with him at uh, New York City. So, yeah, we've, we've made five signings. Obviously, something that pe- people probably might not have expected, but, but has happened. Ronaldo Vieira is the part of the club, very, in a very quick fashion as well, to Serie A outfit Sampdoria. What, what do you make of that signing? Um, that was selling Vieira, and obviously he burst onto the scene and was was getting regarded as a fantastic young prospect, was getting watched by Premier League clubs, uh, struggled with 10 90s, lost his form last season. Is it something you would have done if you, if, if you had the power to say whether to keep him or let him go? The, it's a difficult situation, Vieira. Look, there's two Ronald Ronaldo Vieiras out there. There's the one that came through under Gary Monk, the one that we saw in that fabled game against Derby where Steve McCarran called him the best player on the pitch. He was outstanding. He bossed the midfield from from left to right, 
you know, all over the centre of the park, making tackles, breaking up play, you know, letting people play around. Absolutely fantastic. And we saw so many of those displays throughout that whole Monk season. And then, like you said, he, he lost his way, didn't he? He went to the under-21 tournament. He came back not fully fit. Tendinitis in his knee didn't help. And then he really struggled for form. It's a really tricky one. Which is which is the right player? Is it the um, is it the Vieira we saw last year? Is it the Vieira we saw two years ago? If it's the Vieira on last year, seven point seven million is damn good business. You know, it's a really difficult one. If it's the Vieira two years ago, all of a sudden it looks like a Lewis Cup deal. It looks like we've lost money massively. You know, it looks like Bielsa's the one who doesn't want him. He's gonna not. He's not gonna make the first team. He's got Forshaw ahead of him. He's got Phillips ahead of him. You know, there's Baker in there. There's there's Matic Klitsch in there as well, who's who's come back on the scene. That's a lot of sentiments. And if you've got an asset like Vieira, you know, wasting away on the bench, then his value is going to diminish. And in a business like that. You can't afford to let someone like that let their price go down, can you? It's a diff- it's a really really tricky one for me personally. I'd like to see Ronnie stay. If he wasn't going to be involved, maybe a loan move would have been better for all parties. Perhaps with a view to buy, if Leeds really weren't keen, you know, put a set price tag there and then. I'd have liked to have seen him stay. What if Bielsa doesn't work? What if it is only six months at the club? Um, you know, then we've then we've sold a player who might have developed under another manager. But there are, you know, there are negatives and positives for it. Uh, and I just can't quite make my mind up on it. It's difficult, isn't it? Because, like, there, like you said, there is pros and cons to it. And the, the pro is that he clearly got talent because we've seen it, and he's he's done well for the um, England youth setup as well. But on the other hand, he's struggled with tendonitis, which notoriously is a difficult injury to get over. It can it can cause you problems for years to come. Or well, just ask Owen Hargreaves if you want answers to that question. And you know, it is difficult to know whether it was right or wrong to sell him. But will it be will it be based more on the fact of whether we actually bring somebody else? in obviously technically speaking that's seven million pound uh, more than we had before or was it used to pay for Bamford or do we now have seven million pound to spend on another player and do we need to spend it on another central midfield because like you've documented there people like Klitsch, Klitsch especially Klitsch who's come back into the scene after basically not featuring last season the Christensen he's come in in pre-season and by all accounts has done really well so maybe the, the ready-made replacement is already him yeah, we have got options in midfield, and it's, if we stick with this four-one-four-one, you know, Phillips is quite clearly the one, isn't he? Impressed against Las Palmas playing there, you know, he's got a lot of bite in the tackle. He seems like the perfect man to step into the centre back role. And Phillips, a lot of stick he gets, a lot of it is unnecessary stick, in my opinion. I think he, he's a better passer of the ball than Vieira is. Yeah. He finds players. He's got a better range of passing. He's got a great long pass. I think Phillips is the perfect candidate for that role. Um, then you've got the two in the middle if Forshaw's fit he's absolutely guaranteed nailed on to be one of those um, I think he's got the potential to be our key player this season Forshaw uh, keeps everything flowing hopefully that you know the injury isn't too much and we'll see him on Sunday and then it's who plays in that other position is it Lewis Baker he's full of tricks he sort of suit that position next to Forshaw because he's a bit more attack minded he's got a goal in him he's got an assist in him is it Klitsch you know he, we've seen him do some good stuff further forward. There's a good good goal against Geisley. It was his shot from outside the box against York that hit the bar. Yeah, they're, they're non league teams, they're pre season friendlies. But the guy's clearly got an eye for a goal, uh, an eye for a shot as well. Or does someone like Hernandez or Saiz drop in there? Do they play in that central role with Harrison coming in? You've got a bit more options out wide. I still like to see us bring in another winger, have, have some genuine width out there. So there's, there's so many options there, and you do sort of struggle to see how Vieira fits in that sort of setup. But 
it's a squad game at the end of the day, isn't it? What if Phillips suffers a, an injury on Sunday? You know, heaven forbid, that would be a nightmare. And, but, you know, it, that can happen. What if he's sent off? What if it's a three-game ban? Who slots into that role? And I think mm. it's a 46-game season. Perhaps a bit of an oversight in that department. Yeah, because if you go back to last season, obviously we were crippled with injuries, weren't we? In, oh, yeah, it's in, terrible. Injuries and, killed our season. Injuries and suspensions, like you said, effectively killed our season, cost Christiansen a job pretty much. Um, and then Heckenbottom came in and couldn't turn around the bad form we were in. I think Phillips is probably one of the most intriguing players under the way Bielsa plays for me. Obviously, he, like you said, he came for a lot of stick uh, last season. Was it was it uh, uncalled for? You could argue, right. yes. How many coaches has Calvin Phillips had? Exactly. Let's be honest. Yeah. You can go through it. He broke through under Redfern, so 14, 15. So that's Redfern, Rosler, Evans, Monk, Christensen, Heckingbottom, Bielsa. That's seven coaches. He's only been a professional footballer since 2015. That's when he made his debut. Yeah. That's crazy. How is he supposed to settle into a comfortable playing yeah. style? Christensen played him a lot higher at the pitch. You know, he added goals to his game last season. He dropped further back under Heckingbottom. You know, if you're making so many corrections to a player's game, how is he supposed to develop? I'd like to see a full season under a Phillips under Bielsa's tutelage. You know, I, I think there's a really good player in Calvin Phillips. He has got goals. He can tackle. He can pass the ball just need to see him impose himself on games a bit more I'd like to see the crowd not getting his back so much give him a bit bit of a chance to show what he can do he tries so hard for the team you can see how much he cares and I don't know why there's so much I, I mean I, I love Vieira as well but I don't know why there's so much love for Vieira and not so much for Phillips yeah I think I think Phillips has got um better attributes than Vieira in the sense that he can shoot he can tackle and he can pass as well and I think he just does just need to take the the game by the scruff of the neck, the uh, scruff of the neck a bit. I think Bielsa's the perfect manager for him. I think he really will develop under Bielsa. And like you said, he's had he's had too many coaches giving him different coaching methods and different styles of play. And I don't think he's been able to sh- to shine through properly. So I'm really interested in seeing how Phillips develops this season. I think he could be one of our key players. In all honesty, yeah, I totally agree. But so we'll move on to defence then, because we know defence has been a very problematic for Leeds in recent years, and with the with the style that Bielsa plays under, we're probably going to potentially have, th- I guess, three centre backs some games, and then two wing backs. Obviously, Luke Erling's back in the fold. Brilliant pre-season, got himself two goals. Everybody loves him. I don't know anybody dislikes Erling as a footballer for Leeds. Uh, and on the other side, Barry Douglas, who got 14, 15 assists for Wolves last season. Really surprised they've let him go. Obviously, the reason being they've got a new left-back from Atletico Madrid, so he's not in their plans, and that's our gain. But then the main focus has to be the central defensive position, doesn't it? Janssen last season wasn't the player we thought he was when he played under Monk. Cooper, another player who gets a lot of stick from fans. Berardi, who got a lot of stick from fans last season because I think he got sent off three times and maybe went overboard too many times in the, in the way he approached games. And then you've got the latest link again is Matthew Pennington coming back on loan, who a lot of fans don't think is good enough because of last season. But for me, last season wasn't an indication of how good he was, to be honest, because everybody was poor. Defence is a, yeah, a tricky one. Look, wing-backs settled, done, dusted, fantastic. We've got two of the best wing-backs in the league. Absolutely brilliant. You know, as long as they those two stay fit, there's assists there, there's defending there. Brilliant. Well done. The centre-half is an issue. Let's, let's be honest. Like, Janssen is a fantastic defender. There's absolutely no doubt about that. He's great attacking the ball in his own box. 
He's great at last-ditch challenges. He's not so great at marshalling his defence. He's not the best organiser. That's where Bartley came in so handy. You know, Bartley moved Janssen around. He communicated. He, you know, he effectively dragged Janssen into position a lot of the time. Uh, Bartley um, and Janssen missed that last year. He, he he really missed somebody sort of telling him where to go. Cooper. The jury's out, isn't it? It's a, it's a really difficult one. No idea why he gets so much stick. He seems like a, a great bloke. How many managers now have made him club captain? Countless managers. The guy's clearly a fantastic influence in the dressing room. He's clearly, you know, really popular to have around the place defensively. You know, he's a rugged sort of defender. You know, he gets stuck in in a box. He's not afraid to put a challenge in. You know, we've seen, seen him have some really good games for Leeds. We've also seen him have some quite bad games for Leeds. He's an inconsistent player, and I, I do think he needs challenge, Cooper. I don't think Berardi's the challenge for him. I think Berardi's got to be the backup across all all the positions in the back line. You know, he's a very useful man to have in the squad in that respect, as long as, you know, cools down again this year with his discipline. We have to sign a centre-back. Pennington? Again, jury's out. You know, he was troubled by that injury, wasn't he? That he, he picked up on the opening day against Bolton, sort of flitted in and out of games, didn't impose himself enough for me for a centre-half. You know, not quite physical enough. I remember going to Hillsborough and he got bullied a bit by Stephen Fletcher in the air and it really set the tone for the day. Mm. And, you know, is that something he can learn? I'd like to think so. Maybe Bielsa's the man to teach him. You know, I don't think I don't think we'd be looking into him if Bielsa. Let's remember that Bielsa's watched all the tapes from all of last season. He's seen Matthew Pennington play. He must see enough of him as a footballer to want to work with him, because that's not you know that's a. It's not like we had him on the books and we've chosen to get rid of him. We're actively pursuing another deal for him. You know, we're chasing Everton uh, to bring him back. So clearly he's seen something in him that we've not quite seen yet at Leeds United. So, yeah, we wait to see how that one develops. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned Bielsa watched, which we know he's, he's very much into watching his footage. I saw, I saw a tweet earlier from Phil there which said, Marcelo Bielsa gets a DVD of Kez. I cannot imagine... Any stretch of the imagination. Bielsa watching the film, Kez? Well, I'd love to be a fly. On the <laughs> That'd be amazing. I hope he was watching it with Paul Heckingbottom. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, can you imagine? Why'd you have to take it out on third? <laughs> I'd love to see Bielsa doing that in his first press conference. That's all I'm going to say. He's doing his first press conference tomorrow, isn't he? Um, yeah, yeah, first pre-match tomorrow. Uh, See how his English has improved. Uh, which was it? I don't know if it was. It Phillips. was Phillips. It yeah. was Phillips. Yeah. So somebody, one of the players, was saying, if he if he's going to shout, he shouts at the interpreter, or tells the interpreter to shout at the players. In training. Yeah, it was Phillips. I it's read fascinating. That yeah, really interesting stuff. He is. He's, a, he's like psychology-wise, he's a fascinating character. Yeah, it's interesting to see how the whole interpreter thing will work. Mm. He's got four coaches who speak English, and then he's got you know Spanish players in the squad like yeah. Hernandez and Saez. You know, perhaps the language barrier might not be as bad as everyone thinks. Yeah, I don't think it will. But I think he, I reckon he'll probably try and learn it a bit more over the course of the season as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's always a good chance that he speaks better English than he lets on. I'll remember that Pochettino at Southampton never ever used to speak English for for his few years there. He refused to do a whole news conference in English, but he could speak English off the pitch. He just didn't <laughs> want to do it in front of the public. And then when he went to Tottenham, they made him speak yeah. English. 
you know, it's the same with Conte. His, his English improved dramatically during his time at Chelsea. You know, he, he was really sort of broken English. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure his English is better than it's left than he lets on. Well, I think the people are here for our season prediction. So we're going to speak about what we think is going to happen over the 46 games. See where we think Leeds will finish. Look at maybe who we think is the key player. Who who needs to perform? All that sort of stuff. Um, so we'll kick straight off. We'll start with Stoke. Stoke. Big, big game because they are obviously the favourites for the title because... They've got bet three six five money behind them. Parachute payments. Kept a lot of the players. Lost only a few. Spent a bit of money. Signed Ashley Williams on loan today. Do you think we can go and beat them on Sunday? It's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, I think Stoke will walk the league. Um, you know, I'll go as far to say they'll be threatening the sort of Wolves Reading point totals. The, the sort of I think their team is that good. I think third time lucky for Rowett probably in the Championship after Birmingham Derby and he'll know his way around this division now. He's, he doesn't play the most attractive football, but he's pretty effective as a manager. Benikafobe will score goals up front for him. You know they've kept hold of some big names. Uh, you know Jack Butland's still on the books. Mm. They've got you know England's number two goalkeeper playing in the Championship for God's sake. Tom Ince is a fantastic signing. He can't cut it at Premier League, but you know he's certainly cut it in the Championship. He's ripped things up for Derby down here before. Uh, yeah, I think Stoke will go well. I think it's a really tricky first game for us, and I think I think it's going to be tricky. I don't think the new signings won't have settled in. I just can't see us winning on Sunday. I just can't see it happening. But you never know. The teams get sometimes get shocked on their fall back into the division. I think first game is not actually a bad time to be playing them. I'll never forget Newcastle two years ago when they came down. They they went to Craven Cottage on a Friday night. Uh, and they got blitzed, Rafa Benitez's team. You know, everyone expected them to walk that game and Fulham beat them 1-0, walked away with a, a comfortable victory. So first up is, I think we've, we've done quite well to draw Stoke there first up. It's not a bad time to play them, but I still worry about Sunday. I think their squad's exceptionally good. Yeah. Be a bit be a big crowd though, won't it? So that, that may help. Yeah, it should definitely help. You know, everyone's looking forward to the new season. First game back's always lively. Everyone's in a good mood, well, at least for the first 10 minutes. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then we, we go from there. So we'll look more generally over the season. And who, who do you think will be the, the key player for the for the team? I think it, I, I've mentioned it before, but I think Adam Forshaw will be crucial. I think um, we saw glimpses of how good he can be um, last season. You know, a couple of niggling injuries uh, in, in the last campaign, and then obviously he's picked up some sort of niggling injury this summer that we hope is not too serious. But he's got a tidy range of, pa- range of passing. He's got he's got good feet. He's got good link play, and I think that's crucial. The leads are so often overrun in midfield. Um, it can be such a problem for us. We get bullied, and I think Forshaw is going to be vital in there for Bielsa's team to succeed. Obviously, he's going to have the wing backs flying forward. He's got everyone swapping positions. The central midfielders are going to be absolutely crucial to how we play. Reading the game, when it's right to break forward, when it's right to step back in for a, for a wing back or a centre back and covering back. And I think for that reason, you know, Forshaw, for sure, he seems like an intelligent footballer. We paid good money for him in January. Let's not forget, we paid three and a half million there. And I, I think he'll be critical to lose his chances. I think he, he'll be absolutely perfect for us in there. I'm going to say Bamford probably for obvious reasons. Uh, obviously, we, we struggled for goals up front last season, losing Chris Wood right at the start of the season, and we struggled to have an out-and-out striker who, who we could all believe in. And he, he said in his interview that he wants to be the main man at the club, and I don't think he was at Borough. He's got his chance now at Leeds, and 
I'm hoping he can get 15, 20 plus goals and I think it's a real opportunity for him. So I'm going to be looking closely at Bamford, um, which everybody will be. But I think for that reason of we've struggled up front, I think he's the key player for me. I think I think you're absolutely right. He'll be chomping at the bit, won't he? You know, he's he's not yet. He's, you know, he's a, he broke through as a kid at Forest in that big move to Chelsea. He's he's proven he can do it at this level. He scored goals for Derby in a playoff run. He scored goals for Middlesbrough um, the year they lost the playoff final, didn't he? Um, but it's just it's just didn't quite happen for him last time. There's definitely a player in there. You know, he's talented. He's a finisher. Uh, Borough fan I was speaking to earlier says he can go missing in big games. You know, lack of physicality. Uh, which is something he'll have to address, but he'll, he'll definitely lead the line for us. He's got his opportunity. No, I, think, I just think he'll be chomping at the bit to prove what he can do. He's going in the season as a number nine striker, finally at a club as first choice, and let's hope it's going to be a 20-goal campaign. I'm, I'm certainly intrigued by Bamford. A lot of my friends support Borough, and I think they all think he's a good player, but if, if you're not going to get the game time, then people don't know how good you are today, and I don't think he got as much game time as he... Probably deserved under Pulis because I think he came into this side when he scored a half trick against us and he had like a crazy record of like some like six or seven goals in, in in not many games. So you can obviously score goals. So I'm certainly interested by that. But obviously he needs a service and service is another thing that we struggled with last season. Who do you think is potentially going to be sort of a, a breakthrough star? I know obviously we've got a lot of youngsters. Is there anybody you 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 think can could really like excel this season who maybe people aren't thinking too much about? I don't know about aren't thinking there's been a lot of talk about him on social media but I've been to a lot of the pre-season games and I've been really impressed with Jack Clark yeah. I think he's been excellent you know he played in a, in a sort of wide left position um, in our friendlies I thought he was excellent at York he seems to have a real, real sort of buzz about him every time he gets the ball you think he can do something he, he, I was impressed with him at Oxford he he seems to seems to be able to beat a man. He's got a sharp turn about him. You know, he's clearly a decent finisher as well. I, I'd like, I think, and I think he'll get more games. You know, I think as we need to rotate, I certainly think he'll play in the cups. And Bielsa's clearly had a good look at him. Um, I'd like to see Clark get some more game time. He's obviously highly rated. They, you know, fended off Premier League clubs to give him a professional deal last season. And I think I, he's one I really want to see breaking into this first team. Jamie Shackleton's another one who's done well in preseason, hasn't he? You know, he, he sort of played in, in, in a wing-back role, um, which I don't think was something he was kind of used to from the 23s. So I'd like to see a bit more of him. I think he's done well and sort of earned a shot in the, in the team. And Yeah, it would be good to see some of the youngsters breaking through. Pierce did it last year. Peacock Farrell did it last year. I think they'll both be sort of bench players to start with this campaign, but need a few more to push on and join them. Yeah, I'm, again, I'm, I'm I'm fascinated and intrigued by the young lads who've obviously got squad numbers this season. And, uh, I saw the Tadcaster Albion boss, who I think has just got a job at Leeds United, actually, Michael Morton, saying he's the best under 23 side he's ever seen. It's not bad, is it? Yeah, because so. they, apparently they went to a Tadcaster, and obviously, no disrespect to Tadcaster, but they're an on-league team, and he said they just absolutely ripped him, ripped him to pieces. Well, you know, our youth team did did so well last year there's a lot of talented players and some of them stepped up to fill the holes last year Pierce came out of nowhere didn't he and really impressed got that new contract under Premier League interest he'll be pushing Douglas really hard for a position won't he uh, you know if Douglas goes out Pierce is more than capable of backing up at left back the club clearly trust him there and same with Peacock Farrell as well he's going to be number two this season perhaps even number one don't know how that one's that battle with Blackman's going to go that's a really interesting call that one very interesting call indeed. Do you think anybody will potentially be uh, the villain of the season? Anybody who you think might 
show too much fire in the belly, a bit like Barada last season, or do you think with Bielsa we're, we're, we're a bit more a bit more level headed? Uh, I worry a bit about Saez still. Yeah. I think um, you know we have massively contrasted six uh, two two sets of six months, didn't he? He was absolutely brilliant. Um, but it's such a tricky one. We've seen how good he can be. We've seen how bad he can be. It all depends where his head's at. Is he is he in the right place? He clearly didn't fancy it under Heckingbottom. He didn't really try. Frustrated with his teammates. He fancied it under Christensen. He was brilliant. One of the top five players in the league in that first six months. How will he adapt to Bielsa? He didn't seem to particularly like hard work, did he? Let's be honest. Didn't seem to particularly like tracking back or doing the dirty work. So um, it'd be interesting to see how Bielsa's methods have sort of got hold of him because there's a seriously good player in there. Uh, and it'd be nice to see if we can bring back the size of the first half of the season. That'll almost be like a new signing in itself. You know, we've got one of the best players in the league there. Every plays to his full potential. Yeah, we certainly have. And if he can sort his attitude out, then, like you said, he, he can set the world alight in the championship. So, season prediction then. How, how, do, you, how do you see the season panning out and where do you think we'll finish? I'm saying playoffs. I'm going to put my neck out there. I'm going to say... We'll start well. We'll start really, really well. Uh, maybe not August. Maybe a quite slowish start in August, but we'll we'll really fire up in September, October when the players have got used to Bielsa's methods. We're going to be challenging sort of top two half the way through. But I do worry about our squad size of the 46-game season with the pressing style. So I think we'll fall away at the end. You know, we'll miss out on a place in the top two in that regard. But I, I, I think we've got the squad. We do have the players. If they all play to their potential, we certainly have the manager. And a lot of this division is all about the manager. Just look at Cardiff and Neil Warnock last yep. year. You know, he turned a, a, a bunch of, well, rejects and nobodies into a Premier League team. He signed players from all over the place. Look at, he turned Sol Bamba into the uh, the Chavi of Cardiff City when he played his central midfield against us. So if Warnock can have that sort of effect on players, then God, what can Bielsa do in this division? So for coach, coaching reasons, I think, I, think we'll be, I think we'll be top six. Whether we'll go up from that, who knows? I've, I'm going to say a top six as well, actually. I'm feeling quite optimistic, especially after the uh, documentary I watched just before this on Sky Sports One, uh, Sky Sports Football, sorry, leading Leeds United. Really good insight into the club and how it's being run. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. But yeah, I think top six is very much achievable. And I think I think we can do it. And like you said, a lot of it is to do with the manager, a manager with a game plan. In this division, can go a long way. It's not always about having the flashy players and the money you've spent. It's a, it, it's about having a strategy for the whole forty six games, and that's something Cardiff. Definitely definitely aren't with players like you said who nobody would have thought much of them so I think we can make the top six feeling optimistic I think we probably need one or two more signings before the deadline next Thursday will we get them hopefully is a small squad can the cope hopefully I, I think we can so I'm, I'm going to be positive like yourself I'm going to say a top six it's the new season buzz yeah it's, same I'm, every year I'm absolutely buzzing for Sunday I can't wait. Absolutely buzzing. Right, Tom, it's even, been, Sorry, go on. Even the cup games seem appealing. Exactly, yeah. It's a tough start to the season as well, though, isn't it? It is a tough start to the season. Yeah, not easy, not easy. I, 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 think, I know Derby have sort of been in the FFP spotlight, but I think they've got a good team again. They have. Good squad there. Yeah. I think Nor- Norwich away will be tricky. Yeah, it's not easy. Swansea as well. Yeah, yeah, forget about them. So, yeah, it's, it, it's been a pleasure, Tom. Thank you very much. And we Good are, to be back. Yeah, we are days away from the season starting. In fact, the championships itself starts tomorrow, doesn't it? Reading Derby. Yeah, Here Reading we go. Derby, classic. 
So yeah, the season starts on Sunday. Hope you've enjoyed listening to the podcast. Don't forget to listen to it on SoundCloud or iTunes. Leave a comment, leave a review, leave a like, follow us on social media, share it about with all your mates. And me and Tom, we'll see you next time.